Should now be live. Lauren confirmed with me in the Zoom that we're good. Live on Facebook. Welcome everybody to Resurrection Sunday. Hallelujah. I am so high on the Most High right now. If you haven't got high on the Most High, give Jesus a try because he's a high from which you will never come down. We just had a wonderful time of worship. If you do not have our link to the Zoom room and you are local in Chicago, all you have to do is join our discipleship. In our church, we do discipleship through Connect, Mentor, Send. We connect you to the cross. We show you how to carry the cross and then send you out with the cross. And a part of that is getting involved in our 101 discipleship. That's where you start. So if you're in the Chicagoland area and you've got a wake-up call during this time, and you have wanted to connect to a church, we'll do a Zoom discipleship meeting with you now. Put your name under there or say, that's me, and shout under this live feed right now, and we'll make sure somebody of the same gender gets a hold of you, and then we'll give you our link to our pre-service service because this is just the word, our worship, word, prophetic time, prayer time, and then the after party after the word happens in that Zoom. And then if you are a part of another church or somewhere in the country and you want to join our life groups, they're all online now. We want to bless you with our life groups. So check us out at the Facebook page, get all of our information there, and we'll make sure that somebody can get you into their life group and that you can continue to study God's word and be encouraged. If you care, would you share this right now as I do, because we want the whole world to hear about our resurrected Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The word Easter has a little bit of a troubled past, but it's not the most appropriate word. The more appropriate word is Resurrection Sunday, and it happens during the Jewish Passover time because Jesus is our Passover lamb. What I want to do during this time is to show us not only how to appreciate what Jesus did for us on the cross and in resurrection as a historical event, but I want us to appropriate, not just appreciate, but appropriate the death, burial, and resurrection every day of our lives. Uh, post a link of the notes underneath this sermon for me, please, Lauren, if you can. Thank you. You can always get our notes online at our website or at the app. Today's passage is Philippians chapter 3 verses 1 and onward. The sermon is knowing the power of the resurrection. Are you ready? I'm going to read a whole chapter here, so it may take me a few moments, but let us hear what the Apostle Paul said about not only appreciating the resurrection of Jesus, but appropriating, making it personal into our lives. He's writing to the church of Philippi, a church that he founded and discipled. Let's hear what he says as we go through this whole chapter, verse by verse. Further, my brothers and sisters, Rejoice in the Lord. Come on, somebody, rejoice. Can I get a hallelujah chat? Can I get a hallelujah text right now? Rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. 
Good preachers have no problem repeating themselves. I sometimes tease my Polish heritage because I like to repeat myself a lot uh, just in normal life. And I sometimes see that as the Polish side of me and the Italian side as I repeat myself loudly. <laughs> so there you see both cultures coming out. But Paul, as a good preacher, said, rejoice in the Lord and listen to what I have to say again to you as a reminder. And I have no problem doing it because the reminder will serve as a safeguard. Okay, what is that reminder? Let's go to verse two. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. All right, Paul, you went to name calling. He just left Niceanity, folks, and he boarded the train of Christianity. Choo-choo. He is now calling names just like Jesus did. If you cannot fit into your worldview box the belief in calling people names for righteousness sake, you don't have a box called Christianity in which you're pulling out your ideas and your beliefs from. You have a box probably called PC Niceanity, political correctness. So in the box of Christianity that I get to draw from and get to apply in my worldview has name calling. Yeah, it's there. Not to be rude or to be mean in name calling, not bullying, okay, not being microaggressive, but simply exposing people for what they are by descriptive words. So if the shoe fits, wear it. Who is he talking about here? Who does he call those dogs? Which, by the way, dogs were not really pets back then, and they weren't looked at as something that was clean or something that you would want around your house, okay? That was more like sheep, by the way, which in our world would seem crazy to have a sheep as your pet, but uh, that's how it was. The dogs helped take care of the sheep, and uh, David said the sheep even get to come into the house, amen? But the dogs in the Bible are known as the bad things, even at the end, in the book of Revelation, the Bible says, outside of the kingdom of God are the dogs. They're out there, okay? So all you dog lovers, don't get upset. Jesus still loves you and I love you, but just know the idea of a dog is not a good thing, okay? So people calling themselves dogs, that's not a good thing either. Like, hey, what's up, dog? No, I ain't a dog. I'm a human being, amen? So who are these dogs? Who are these evildoers? Well, we get a little bit more information towards the end of verse 2. They're mutilators of the flesh. These are the Judaizers. These were enemies of the cross at this time who had a belief system that went against the message of grace. The message of grace said that we could be forgiven not because of what we do, but because of what he did. It doesn't mean the law is not important. It just means we could never pass first grade, second grade, third grade, and Jesus got the PhD and is now handing them out to us. This is what grace looks like in the religious context, but the Jewish people wanted the Christians to have to hold on to the 613 laws like they were continuing to do. So they were basically saying, okay, we may go as, so far as to accept Jesus as our Messiah and that, you know, he did all of these things to save the world of their sins, but you still have to keep the Jewish law. Those are part of your commands. And Paul is saying, no, it's not. There are two distinct covenants. One covenant made at Passover through the blood of a literal lamb made specifically with the Israelites, Moses as the representative, and now a new covenant made 
saved by the blood of Jesus, the lamb through the representative Jesus, and that we would keep Jesus's commands. Now, does Jesus have a lot of commands in, in, in similarity to the Old Testament? Absolutely. Jesus still doesn't want us to murder. And he goes one step further. He doesn't want us to be angry with our brother or sister. Jesus doesn't want us to commit adultery. And nor does he want us to lust. And so there are a lot of these commands that transfer from the old to the new. I call them the moral laws. But the ceremonial laws, the religious laws, the priestly laws, the temple laws, a lot of those laws do not transfer over. Now, Paul is saying that there are these dogs, these evildoers, these excuse me, mutilators of the flesh who want them to keep the laws. Let's keep going. Verse 3, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh. So Paul says, it's really us who are circumcised, not just the one who get the surgery done on the male private part, as the Jews were telling all Christians they had to do to continue to be a good Christian, or it's not really just, you know, saying I do all of these things according to the dietary law that makes you clean. Paul is saying that real circumcision is of the heart and real cleanliness comes from God. And so we don't boast in what we do in our fasting. We don't boast in what we do in our uh, religious celebration of all these festivals that they had. We don't boast in that. We boast in Christ. But now Paul is going to say if someone had a reason to boast, by being a Jew and keeping all of those laws, he's going to say, by the way, I was a better Jew than all of you guys. Watch verse four, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. He's basically saying Gentiles, non-Jewish people, don't worry about these Jews. They can't ball. I dunk on them all the time. And by the way, Jesus said, you don't have to know how to dunk to get to heaven. That's not how we're getting there, but don't worry about them anyway. Cause like I said, I ball on them. So he's not going to ball on these Jewish people going, you, you try to put this law onto my Jewish, uh, uh, my non-Jewish people, my Gentile people, but y'all don't even keep this well yourselves, okay? We're going to get to resurrection in a minute, but follow the thoughts here. He goes, I have reason to boast. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. So he's going to tell you, as a Jew, all of the things he did to stand out among even his own people and all of those laws they had to keep. He said, I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. Look at him boasting right there. Verse 7, he says, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. So now he says, this that I used to boast in, in this old covenant, by keeping all of these laws, I, I don't boast in anymore. As a matter of fact, I count it all as a loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Everybody put hashtag past life garbage. Put hashtag my past life was garbage. There you go. <laughs> hashtag that. My past life was garbage, y'all. 
And Paul, if anybody who could have boasting in his past life, it was him because he wasn't doing tricks. He wasn't selling his body at Belmont and Clark. He wasn't robbing, stealing. He wasn't being all Hillary Clinton, believing in partial birth abortion. He wasn't Ellen Degenerate. I mean, degenerate sleeping with a person of the same sex. And yet he said, even in my religious state, it was garbage in comparison to knowing Jesus. Hashtag my past life was garbage, but my new life is glory. We're getting into that. Past life was garbage. New life is glory. He said, I consider all of that garbage that I may gain Christ, verse 9, and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. Notice, works of the law are put against faith in Christ. You can't try to be saved by works of the law. You can't do it. You're only saved by faith in Christ. The righteousness that now comes from God on the basis of faith, not by keeping all of these laws. Now watch this, verse 10, here it is. I want to know Christ. So he's given up his past life and he says, now I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of of his resurrection. There's the title of today's sermon, knowing the power of Jesus's resurrection and participation in his sufferings. So I just don't want the good part. I also want the sufferings becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead. So before we go into verse 12, let's summarize where we're at right now. Paul rejoices in the Lord and says, I have no problem reminding you people at Philippi about these things, that there are people out there trying to deceive you. They are evildoers. They are dogs. They are mutilators of the flesh, telling you to get circumcised, to keep all of these laws, to be saved. But that's not how it works, Paul said. In our modern day, it would be like Roman Catholics boasting about no meat Friday, all of these days of Lent, and the things that they do when they carry the cross in the neighborhood, like I saw the other day, or how many times the Muslim might say he prays towards Mecca, or the Buddhist says that he can meditate without moving, etc. Paul is saying that's not how it works. In the kingdom of God, those who promote that are considered dogs, filthy dogs. They don't belong in the kingdom of God with that mentality because the more they do, 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 they get a bunch of do, do. The more we try to work ourselves into salvation, the deeper our hole of human filth gets. Think about it. Is there any way you could build a house while skydiving? Could you jump out of a bottomless pit? Could you clean something if your hands were always stained with tar? My friends, we are sinners through and through. There is no good work we can do to make us clean, righteous, holy. That has to be done by someone who is already holy. And since all of humanity has been stained with sin, like AIDS, it's been given to us from our parents and it's incurable and we all have it. Someone had to come from heaven 
who was pure, who was holy, and could do it right. And Jesus didn't send an angel because angels had already messed up. Have you heard of Satan, the fallen angel, who was once Lucifer, the morning star? Listen, he didn't send angels. He didn't recreate another race like the Avatar people to come do it for us. He came himself. The Father sent the Son. The Son came in perfection, born of a virgin. That's why he was born of a virgin, so that he would not be touched with our sinful flesh but have perfect flesh like the original Adam and Eve and then live a sinless life taking upon himself on the cross like the sacrificial lamb of Passover took upon it the sins of the people of Israel. Jesus would take our sins upon himself and give us all forgiveness and healing, okay? So Paul says, I'm reminding you of these things. And by the way, folks, if, I, if someone had a reason to boast, it's certainly not these dogs because they're not even good at their religion. I was a superior person at the religion of the Jews. And he said, I even count that as garbage. I just want to know Jesus. And I don't want to attain salvation by works. I want to attain it by faith in Christ. If you're with me, somebody say faith in Christ. Faith in Christ. That's the key, faith in Christ. Now, let's go to verse 12. He says, I want to attain the resurrection of the dead as well as the sufferings of this world, having a death similar to Jesus. Now, why would Paul say that? Was he sadistic? Did he just want to be crucified like sometimes people do in the Philippines around this time to try to identify with Jesus? No, that's not what he was doing and no one should ever do that. What he was saying is, as Jesus taught, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. Paul is saying, I will suffer to the flesh. I will suffer in this life so that I may have Christ as my reward. Even Jesus in his perfect flesh still got tired. Even in his perfect flesh, he could be tempted. And so he said, the spirit is willing. Jesus said this. That's why he told Peter and them to pray as they were about ready to witness his arrest and his crucifixion. He said, pray because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So even though we today can live for Jesus in our spirit, we still have to compete with our flesh. And if Jesus's flesh, though perfect, could still be weak, how much more so is our flesh weak because it's sinful, because it is under the curse of the sins we've committed and our ancestors have committed. In other words, since we were not born of a virgin, our body, our flesh is susceptible to sin. That is why when Jesus raised from the dead, he himself got a glorified body because his first body was earthly, though perfect, but it was not glorified. And so when he rose from the dead, he had a glorified body that had flesh and bone, but not blood. The source, I believe, was the spirit of God instead of blood. That's what he says is that I'm not a ghost because a flesh and bone does not, a spirit doesn't have flesh and bone. So he had a flesh and bone body body full of the spirit that could walk through walls, ascend to heaven and do a lot of cool things that I believe we're going to do. So Paul says for us to get to the glorified body, a body like Jesus, for us to have a Sunday like resurrection, we got to have a Friday like death. And that's why Jesus said to carry the cross. We carry the cross. We carry the instrument of that which will crucify our flesh 
daily. We're going to daily consider our flesh crucified. Does everybody get that? That the flesh must be considered crucified daily, and that is considered our suffering. Now, look at this in Galatians chapter 5, right at the end. In Galatians chapter 5, look at what Paul says in verse 24. Paul again, remember he wants to share in the resurrection, but he knows he's got to share in the suffering as well. Look at what he says. Galatians 5, 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So the flesh is crucified by the cross we carry daily. And until our flesh dies, we must continually carry the cross and suffer like how Jesus did, that we might have a resurrection like Jesus. Just see it again before I move on. He says, I want to know Christ. Verse 10 of Philippians. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection. You want to know that, right? I do too. But we also have to have participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Is that just acting out the crucifixion? No, that's literally considering your flesh dead, crucified daily and letting the spirit live through you. And as you do that, aka live the Christian life, you will attain the literal resurrection of the dead. So as you spiritually count your flesh as dead and crucified, you will have a resurrection like Jesus. That's what Paul's saying. Now he says in verse 12, I have not already attained all of this or already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Now understand, he says, I haven't. I haven't received the resurrection of the body yet. Why is that so important to understand? Because there are some crazy Christians out there, some Oompa Loompas, that think the resurrection's already happened and that they are literally walking around in a resurrected body and there were people like that back then. I know it's crazy to actually think people believe that or have believed that, but it's true. And Paul actually has to write in another letter to correct them and say, hey, some people are saying the resurrection has already happened. It hasn't already happened. And then he goes through all of these in time things that must happen first before the resurrection. The resurrection is at the end of those things, not at the beginning. Now, we believe that as Christians, there's a rapture. There's a transforming of our bodies that happens. And then the judgment of uh, the years of tribulation come and then God's judgment. But what the Bible considers the day of resurrection when both the wicked and the righteous get new bodies, righteous for everlasting life and the wicked for eternal punishment is after the Antichrist, after the judgment, so forth and so on. So you could say the Christian gets a taste of it to avoid the tribulation, but at the end, there is that final resurrection. Now, once again, Paul is saying, I haven't received it yet, but I want to press on. Somebody say press on, chat it in there. Press on, take hold of that 
for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet having taken hold of it. I don't have this resurrected body. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Oh, praise the Lord. Is anybody here pressing on? Is there anybody here holding on? Is there anybody here forgetting what was behind? Is there anybody here straining toward what is ahead? Is there anybody pressing towards the goal that's heavenward? You can write down these things because these are the ways we participate in the resurrection power. These are the ways that we can acquire that power today. Number one, what do we do? We press on. We take hold. Number one, we press on. Number two, we take hold. Number three, we forget what is behind. Number four, we strain towards what is ahead. Number five, we press on towards the goal. Can I say it again? For all you here today that want to be encouraged, you need to press on. You need to take hold of. You need to forget what is behind, strain towards what is ahead, and press towards your goal. That's what Paul said. And then in verse 15, he goes on towards our conclusion. We will be taking communion in just a little bit. So if you want to start getting those elements ready, gathering your family together, please do so. He said, all of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. This is how we should see it. Not like the dogs, not like the mutilators of the flesh. We should see it as disciples of Christ that will share in suffering as we do those five things to participate in the power of the resurrection. And he said, if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. So if you disagree with Paul or you disagree with me and you still are a Christian, I pray God will make this clear to you because maybe you haven't resurrected yet and there is going to be some suffering on your way to the resurrection. Okay, only let us live up to what we have already obtained, already obtained. Now you could say that's number six that now we're going to live up to what we've already obtained. This is the sixth way that we're going, to, we're going to not only just think about the resurrection as a past event, but also acquire the power of it in the present, as a present event in our lives. And then we'll get to the last, the seventh thing that we do. We join together in following Paul's example. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on what we do. So much for, don't follow me, just follow Jesus. Anybody who says that, do exactly what they say and stop following them, okay? Because that's a false, humble thing to say. Pastors will say that, don't follow me, you'll get in trouble, just follow Jesus. Okay, I'm going to go find another church then. I'm done following you. Somebody at a Bible study might say, well, don't follow me. Don't follow me. Follow Jesus. Okay, I'm going to do exactly what you said. I'm going to stop coming to this Bible study. Paul said the opposite. Paul said, as the last thing we are to do to acquire the power of the resurrection, not just to think of it as a past event, that we are to follow Paul's example. And we are then to be examples to others. Let's continue on in the closing. He says, for I have often told you before and now tell you again with even tears, many live as enemies of the cross. 
Now, my friends, remember this. You don't crucify somebody you love. That means they made Jesus an enemy. And then, hello, you, God's not sending to hell those that he wants in heaven. He sends his enemies to hell. So there are enemies in the kingdom of God. Now, the good thing is Jesus loves and forgives his enemies. You have a chance. If you have breath, come to Christ, be forgiven. But if you die without Christ, you will suffer as an enemy of Christ as an enemy of the cross of Christ. And sadly, there are many religions who have been deceived and have become enemies of the cross. And that is what we need to that, that is why we need to pray for Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, Mormons, Jehovah Witnesses, these false religions, even for most Catholics. Though I believe some can be saved more because of what the Catholic Church hasn't taught them or what they have discovered on their own and are not doing according to the Catholic Church. So in spite of the Catholic Church, I think there are probably some Catholics that are saved, but we need to tell the majority of them, you're enemies of the cross by making popes into godlike figures and confessing sins to people in closets and and believing this nonsense of purgatory, etc. So the Bible says there are enemies of the cross. And Paul says, I have warned you about these enemies. He says their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. That just means they live by the flesh. They do whatever makes them feel good. And their glory is their shame. Their reputation and, and their glory, their renown, what they're known for is shame not good things. Their mind is set on earthly things, power, control, prestige, position. But look at verse 20. But our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Are you ready for the day when your lowly body becomes like Jesus's glorious body? Let's get the six way, uh, seven ways rather on how we can appropriate the resurrection in our lives, knowing the power of the resurrection. What can we do, my friends? Number one, we can uh, press on. Or excuse me, let me go to number one over here. What we need to do is we need to do what? Come on, help me out somebody. Where's the passage? Where's the passage here? I lost it in my notes. I'm gonna review it for you right here. That come to know Christ. I have not obtained this goal. Okay, here we go. Yes, uh, Lord help me. Give me the first point, guys. Why can't I find it right now? It is press on. Okay, thank you. My wife had to shout out to me. Here they are, the seven right now. We, these are the things that we need to do. Thank you, Jesus, for your patience with me. Help me to do these things, oh Lord. There we go. There we go. Number 12, we need to press on. Amen. Number one. Number two, hold on to what Jesus has given us. Number three, forgetting what is behind. Number four, straining towards what is ahead. Number five, press towards the goal. Number six, live up to what we have already been given in Christ, knowing our identity. And number three, follow, uh, number seven, <laughs> number three, follow his example. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, isn't it good to be in church today? Are you guys ready to take communion? 
Are you ready to suffer in this world for Jesus so that you might experience the resurrection of Jesus? Let us get our elements out today. Paul said in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 26, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us thank God for his body and his blood as we get out the elements here together. Father, we thank you for sending Jesus to be our sacrifice, to free us from trying to earn salvation by the keeping of the law. We thank you today that because of the cross, all of our sins are forgiven. And the resurrection says that we can live like how Jesus lives with the new body. We thank you for all the sins that you took from our lives on that cross. We thank you for the sickness that you bore as well by your stripes and for all of our sorrows and mental anguish you took there for us. Heavenly Father, may we always worship and adore Jesus for his sacrifice. And may we participate in the resurrection and see him face to face. For it's in his name we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you take the bread or whatever you have today representing the body of Jesus and give him glory for what he did for you. Let's partake of the bread. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. As we look to the wine, grape juice, whatever you might have today, may you be encouraged to know that the blood of Jesus washes you white as snow. Let's partake and thank him for his blood. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. I am forgiven. I am made whole. I am a new creation. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible teaches us that we can share in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We must do what it takes today. We must find ourselves at this present moment being willing to suffer so that we might reign with Christ. Before we go today, if you have not suffered the death of your flesh, if you have been letting your flesh control your life, if your wants and desires have been the God of your life, the master of your life, would you be willing to repent today and come to Christ and suffer the death of your flesh as he suffered in the flesh to forgive you of your sins? In other words, are you willing to be born again of the Spirit so that your spiritual life can now control your physical life. That the puppet master of your life is your spiritual life and your flesh will now be your slave. You'll make your flesh serve God. You'll make your flesh be obedient to the things of God. You'll, you'll call upon God for self-control and a sound mind. And you will resist temptation by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because you are born again and have a new master. Your master is no longer the devil and your flesh. 
The devil used to manipulate your flesh, to control you by your flesh. But if you want to be a Christian today, Jesus will set you free by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you will begin to sense the resurrected power of Jesus in you. And as you do those seven things that we talked about today, the pressing on, the holding on, the letting go, the, the, the idea of following your mentors and leaders, you will see God's power in your life. And one day you will have a new body and I will be there with you in Jesus name. So if you want to be born again, put your name as a chap underneath this live post. We'll get to you as soon as possible with someone of the same gender to reach out with you, to pray with you. If you have any prayer requests or needs right now or things that, that you think we could help you with as a church, we would love to help you, pray for you, assist you in any way possible. Put your needs up there now. As we get ready to close out in prayer, I'm going to go back to the Zoom room that I hope more will be joining us next week as many of you are getting on fire during this time in the Chicagoland area and you're going to be disciples. We'll make sure to give you that link. But before I pray, remember that Resurrection Sunday is not something we just remember as a past event, that it's something that we actually interact with today. It's something that we can acquire power from today. Jesus is alive. His power is with us and is with you. Amen. As a Christian, you can say that and you'll be able to go on throughout the scriptures and find all of those promises and apply them to your life that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And that if you die to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord and that you're going to rule and reign with Christ, all of those promises will apply to you. So let's pray in closing. And if you want to accept Christ, even pray as I do now. Father, we thank you for this great service. We thank you for our time together. We thank you for teaching us through the Apostle Paul how to receive the power of Jesus' resurrection in our everyday life. We pray that those who don't know you will know you. Those who haven't suffered to the flesh will. And if there's any backsliders listening, if they've been living by the flesh, letting the flesh overpower the spiritual things in their life, may they come back to you, Lord. Repent of those things and let the strength of your spirit crucify that flesh so that we all can live new lives for you, Lord, in resurrection power, just like Paul, waiting for the day we get our new bodies and rule and reign with you and see you face to face. Father, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you, Facebook. Share this if you care. Spread the word. We'll see you in our Zoom meetings and on our social media platforms. Reach out to us. Otherwise, have a wonderful Resurrection Sunday.